Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening and welcome to The Plotting Shed. I hope you've had a very lovely week. Goodness me, autumn is well and truly upon us right now. The leaves are falling off the trees at a phenomenal rate. And collect. I think every single leaf has decided it's going to collect in my garden. That's what it feels like. So I have got a lot of detritus to start to clear up. Hopefully if we get some dry days this weekend. But I hope the world is wonderful wherever you are. This week, I thought I would talk about grasses and grass gardens, because let's face it, they are one of the simplest plants to use, supposedly one of the lowest maintenance and easy care, and that's all the stuff that you read. It's they're so easy to use and you pop them here and they'll look lovely. But the truth isn't quite the same as in the books, is it? Let's face it. So I thought I would go through, not just tell you the grasses you can plant, but what will happen if? Where shouldn't you? Why is it happening that way? What's going on? And how you can plan ahead. So I thought I would start having a, doing a little bit of internet research, but none of them really tell you about how to combine them in the borders and what to plant them with in the average kind of garden. It always shows you just the grasses that are planted and not the context in which the grasses are planted. I have to own up here. I decided a few years ago to create a small area outside my conservatory, which would just be an ornamental grass garden. And I did that because the soil was pretty rubbish. It was very stony. I put some mounds in the in the ground to try and elevate some of the grasses. And I put ornamental stones down. I put pebbles and you know to try and make it look like a nice little stone river and I have to hold my hand up and say it was an utter blooming disaster because I didn't plan ahead for what might happen and consequently now probably what I need to do is dig out the whole area and start again because it just hasn't delivered what I envisaged in my head and there are some very important reasons why. But before I go into the whys it hasn't happened, I thought I would just explain the basic principles of the different types of grasses and what they do, and then we can look at why what happened didn't work. And hopefully you can look into your gardens and go, ah, that's why that's not working. This is what I need to do. And I learned a brand new word when I was doing my research and it's called xeriscaping which I think I've said it right it's x-e-r-i scaping 
Now, xeriscaping is the process of landscaping or gardening that reduces the need for irrigation or watering. All grass gardens are very good xeriscape landscapes because you shouldn't ever need to water a grass garden. That's the whole point. There are grasses and there are not grasses. Grasses tend to have hollow stems for their flower spikes and they have little knobbly bits up the flower, up the sort of the flowering stalked and then they have the leaves. And then you have the sedges and the rushes which tend to have more solid stems or smoother stems. Now some grasses disappear more in the winter and others tend to keep their their leaves and the way that you treat them is different depending on what they want to do. Some grasses have this flurry of activity, send up lots of new growth in the spring and then they send up their flowering spikes and then they kind of die down again. And other plants tend not to have such a massive growth spurt but send up flower spikes later in the year. The first group, if you don't cut those back, what you end up with is this huge clump of very dense growth and you lose that delicate, airy, floaty, wafty, wavy nature of the grasses because the whole thing is, is clumping up. Now, the reason that some of the plants grow like this is that often these grew in places which are susceptible to lots of wildfires. And so these fires would ravage across the landscape and that would be its own sort of pruning and then the grass would grow from the base again and you would end up with this nice airy floaty effect. Pampas grass is one of those actually which is why it can become such a problem aside from the other obvious element of having a pampas grass in your garden which we are not going there. It's used to being burnt. It is subject to the wildfires. And because we can't do that necessarily in the UK, you find these enormous great clumps. Then you need a, a small digger to get out. And this is the problem with some of them. Now, the other type, the sedges, the grasses that tend to keep their leaves, they grow slightly slower. The best way to treat those is kind of to think that when they look like they're having a bad hair day, you need to get in with a comb and rake out the old detritus and the leaves and it tends to pull out the dead leaves leaving the new fresher growth and making it look much more beautiful again. You can do that with a you can do it with your fingers put gloves on though and you just rake your hands through the grass. I tend to do it with a hand fork and what I do is I get my hand fork in and I pull it all the way through the grasses from the base up to the top and it's amazing how much stuff you get out and it just gives the, the plants a, a bit of a coiffure and they look a lot better. If we were going to use ornamental grasses in a garden, what are the issues two or three years down the line that you need to think about before you plant them? This is why my grass garden didn't go right. And it's always better to learn from somebody else's cock-ups because then you don't do it yourself. What I created was an area of very well-drained, poor soil that got a lot of sunshine and was a sheltered area. Now, I did the right thing 
in that I planted the grass garden in the main downwind from where my main patio was. Grasses are prolific self-seeders and they use wind pollination to seed. That's the whole point of grasses. So you do not want grasses upwind of a patio, especially if you're using block paving or you've got lots of joins because you will just get lots of weed seeds. So I did that right. I created these slight humps in the soil, which I then put the grasses in. And then I was going to use a river of cobbles, of undulating flow of stones. Well, that didn't work. On the plus side, using the mounds is a very good idea. But what I created was an environment that the grasses loved so much that the self-seeding and the prolific nature of just all of these grasses growing everywhere meant within a couple of years, my nice undulating river of cobbles was absolutely full of grasses and grass seeds coming up. The cobble nature of these, of the stones, captured all of the seeds. It captured all of the bits of grass that were, that was blown around and it never ever looked as I wanted it to. It's too full of self-seeded plants. And to be brutally honest, it looks a bit of a dog's dinner. So how would I restore it? There are three elements that you really need to consider with growing grasses. There's fountains, there's carpets, and there's character. Most grasses that we grow, or we want to grow, we would envisage in our heads that have these beautiful fountain-like forms where the grasses go up and they gently arch over at the top and they sway in the wind. Now you've got tall fountains with some of the miscanthus and various things and you have shorter fountains which would be more like the, the bluegrass, the festuca that you, a lot of people use. They still have this splay out effect and that's the effect that we want to have. Then you have those grasses that form more like a carpet. Think of your lawn, but also there are some ornamental grasses that do the same kind of thing. And then there's the character of the grasses. There's, I never know how to say it, Hakonocloa, Hakonocloa grasses. But these are these arching, low growing, slightly shade loving, beautiful coloured grasses that look a bit like a shaggy dog. If you, and I'm showing my age here, if you remember Dougal from the Magic Roundabout, you know, Hakanakolo does very much look like Dougal, but without moving. Then you have just the ones that will come up via rhizomes and spread all over the place. Now I'm going to use a grass that isn't actually a grass, but the Ophiopogon, you know, it's called black lily turf, which makes you think like it's a grass, but it's not a grass. It, it's actually part, I think, of the asparagus family. But this will then send roots underground and it will pop up elsewhere. But it grows very low and it grows very uniform. Iphions as well are the same sort of thing. Again, these will form a very low level carpet mat. So their character is different from some of the grasses and some of the tall grasses. And you need to consider what they want to do before you plant the garden. So my tips for growing a better grass garden are as follows. And this is from the voice of experience, very much. 
I think grass gardens can be some of the best borders that you can grow simply because a you don't actually have to do much to them b they have a lot of movement in them which contrasts beautifully with the, the solid structures that we have in gardens they are eye-catching what we're doing is we're celebrating the shape of plants and not just big flowers we're going beyond the fact that we need flowers in a garden and grasses can be great but i think you have to be very minimalistic with some of these fountain grasses as soon as you clump or you grow them together you lose the beautiful effect of each individual fountain. You have to plant them further apart from each other in order that you get that effect, but you've got to ensure that they aren't interfered with by other plants, because then again, you just lose the fountain. The grass loses out to a tougher, bigger, bigger leafed shrub. So I think the idea and the best way to solve all of those problems is this. If you are planting ornamental grasses, the smaller ones, the shorter ones, the ones less than a metre tall, in any border, you don't plant them in the ground. You plant them in a pot that you sit in the border. You elevate the grass maybe six, eight, ten inches above the ground. Then two things happen. Firstly, you control the soil environment that the grass grows in. And most of the problems that we get with grasses or growing grasses is the fact that the soil is just too rich and too wet and too, too full of, of, of food. Grasses have a very short root system. They're used to drought. They're used to performing and growing in poor conditions, which is why they haven't produced big flowers because flowers are quite hungry elements for a plant. They know how to display themselves and how to grow and set seed on a very thrifty, frugal diet. So once we plant them in the soil, they're suddenly faced with this lovely, warm, rich environment. And what the grasses do is they get too fat. They grow so much green growth, it's thicker, it's heavier, it's wider than it would normally produce. And so it comes up and it flops over. Now, how many of you have got floppy grasses in your garden? That's the reason. They're basically having a diet of hamburgers sitting in front of the TV. Grasses need to be treated mean to keep them keen. That's the basic principle. Putting them in a pot in the ground, you get the benefit of lifting the grass base above the soil. So when it does its nice tumbly fountain effect, it will tumble over the side of the pot the plants then underneath it won't really interfere or squash that fountain in and you get a much better effect. But then you say, yeah, okay, but I'm going to have a whole load of pots sitting around the garden border and they're just going to look a bit weird. Well, yes, it would look a little bit weird if you just left them looking like that, but what we're going to do then is create an underplanting that will then allow these grasses to sit on top of this underplanting because you want something then that will fill the area between these fountains of grasses that you've got 
without it being too dense and too solid. So I think things like some of the geraniums, because they will grow around, they will grow up, they can grow up a little bit into the grasses, but the flowers are not too heavy to pull the fountain effect away from the grasses. Geranium is very good at filling up spaces. So if you imagine now you've got this grass garden where you've got grasses sitting in pots and you've got this effect of the geraniums growing underneath, what you then add to the mix is a whole load of bulbs that will come up in various times of the year. But what you want are the really smaller type of flowers that will come up, that will flower, that won't impede and won't compete with the, the delicateness of the grasses. Things like some of the smaller alliums that can come up, you know, the allium, the drumstick allium, allium spherocephalon. There are bulbs that can come up later in the year, like Schizostylus, that will come up through the geraniums and give you a floral effect with the grasses, but you want delicate flower heads. Now, in terms of the big, tall grasses, there is a place for these in gardens and they're lovely. And what I would suggest that you, you do treat the bigger ones differently to the smaller ones. This is all about character again. These big fountains become quite dense and they are difficult to keep on top of unless every two or three years you're prepared to dig them up, split them. Basically, you need a bow saw or a hacksaw or a chainsaw sometimes to get through this root ball because they're really tough. You know that you're not going to get in to, to manage these on an annual basis like you, you might do. So you've got to do this where you create plants around them that will restrict them from flopping out sideways. They'll kind of have almost like a collar of plants around the base that will help keep them more upright. So you get the tall grassy effect above the shrubs but the shrubs themselves are beginning to hold the grasses in. You want it to look like a, a column with an arching top. So I think with all the taller grasses and the bigger grasses, get those in the centre of the borders more. Like the miscanthus, the things like that, like some of the panicums, um, the millennias, things like that, where the, where the actual leaf structure is not what you're after. You're after the, you know, the soft, feathery tops of the grass. That's the bit that you want. So you can tuck those more in the middle of the borders and get away with it. But eventually, every two or three years, you will need to go in and dig them up. Otherwise, it will get a bit too, a bit too tough. But I still think with some of these big grasses, don't clump them together. Most gardening advice is to say plant in threes or plant in fives. This doesn't apply to the taller big ornamental grasses. You need to plant these individually because otherwise you just end up with this huge wedge of, of tall grasses. But there are some grasses that are quite, quite tall or that throw up big tall flower spikes that do need to be planted individually and in the open, otherwise you lose all of the benefit of it. And one of those is the steeper gigantia, you know, the giant oak grass. Now this has very beautiful foliage at the bottom, and then it throws up lovely tall seed spikes over the course of the summer. 
So you've got a fountain at ground level and then you have a fountain five feet in the air. Its character, you're getting a double whammy. You've got two fountains to consider. So things like the Steeper Gigantia, you need to put those in individual places where there's space for it to do its thing. If you have plants around it, you'll end up losing the effect of the grass in its entirety. The basic tips are this. Really think about the soil so that you don't have anything too rich. And I think the answer is plant them in pots, but elevate the grasses off the ground. If they're a fountain, they need to be above ground in order to look like a fountain. The grasses that are spreading can then grow around the base of those pots, or you can use things like geraniums. Don't use shingle and pebbles. Just don't. Just don't because you will spend your life weeding and clearing it up. It... Then just be a little bit more minimalistic. A few will give you a better effect. And be ruthless, I suppose, is my last piece of, of, of advice. In order to keep any grass garden looking the way that you want it to, you have to get rid of the ones that are, are reducing the effect. If you want to have five or six beautiful fountains, it's not going to look better if you have 15 fountains squashing each other together. So minimalism is better with grasses and use bulbs to give you some some summer flowering but dainty dainty flowers with grasses not big flowers so i hope that helps a little bit i've gone through quite a lot in in this podcast but have a look i bet you if you go out to your grasses now you'll go and find some fat ones that are flopping on the floor this is the time to start to move these around in order to get a better or get more out of your grasses for the spring for next year. We'll speak to you next week. In the meantime, have a very lovely week. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download you can look at the designs that we've created so do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode you can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.